so much. All right, you happy to be here this morning? Amen. All right. Well, I have a couple of announcements to make, and then uh, we're going to get straightway into it. Uh, have you enjoyed this, the Power Up series, the series on the Holy Spirit we've been doing? I had uh, two of y'all. That's good. Uh, I had uh, several people. I was so surprised last week when, when the very beginning of the service when we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit and, and what praying in, in the Holy Ghost really means and all those things. And I had people come up to me and they said, you know, that's the first time that I've ever understood what that meant and it didn't scare me. You know, I've learned this a long time ago that if, we, are we, if we're teaching God properly, there's no fear. And uh, there's always joy and peace. It may be the unknown, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Some of y'all didn't know what it was like to be saved, praise the Lord, and you're here now. Hallelujah. Uh, so as we go forward, we're going to dig into some of these things. Let's get right into this. If you will take your Bibles and go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. We're sticking with the Power Up series. This is part 4, which is literally part 3, uh, kind of. Because last week we never got it to where we needed to go. But that's okay. We probably won't go there today. <laughs> but it's, it's worth a shot. Galatians 5 verse 16. I say walk in the Spirit and you shall not, say shall not, shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18 says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians 5 and 22 says this. Uh, and I'll let him get it up there. There you go. It's up on the screen. Galatians 5 and 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, this is kind of where we hung our hat last week. We never got past this point. And we may not again today. But it's important that you know, it's one thing to know why the Holy Spirit exists. We dealt with that the first, uh, first part of this series. Then we dealt with who he was, uh, and we're going to get back to that probably next week. There's some other things I want to talk about, but we have to understand why he's here. Jesus said, it's needful that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away so that the comforter may come. So you understand that's not a suggestion. We've gotten into a day and time where we've got entire churches built that have done everything possible to move the Holy Spirit out. And that has not, now listen, that has not happened because they're bad people. I want to be very, very clear. That has happened because our expression and design and, and the way we've shown you who the Holy Spirit was was improper. And we've made him look imbecilic. We made him look uh, mean. We made him look hard. We made him look like a psycho. And the Holy Spirit is the most gentle presence on the planet. Now, that doesn't mean that your body does not react to power. Let's make that very, very clear. That doesn't mean that your body and your, you don't react to demonstration. But when the demonstration becomes more important than the love, we have a real problem. And when we were chasing demonstration, you're not chasing Jesus. Now, can, well, here we go. <laughs> I knew it, Charlie. Most churches today, now, I'm, now let, me, let me just, everybody look right here. I'm Alan, and I'm Pentecostal. I, to the bone. Now, I'm not Pentecostal because I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I'm Pentecostal because that's just what they call us. But here's the thing. What I have learned is this. What we call Pentecost has become very learned behavior and operating in familiar spirits. And when somebody, and I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but when a service or when a person or when a movement becomes more about the movement versus Jesus, you now know that ain't God. 
Because you can go, listen, let me tell you something. You can go to movements everywhere. You, you can go places and, and be in any type of service. It ain't got to be a Christian service. You can go to a rave. You can, you can go to something crazy somewhere and become moved by what's going on. You have to be very cautious about the movement. Because here's how it works. We say as Christian people, we need a move of God. And understand what's happening. What, what they're saying is we need revival to flood our churches. That's what we're saying. However, God's already moving. And our job is to move enough of this old flesh out of the way and enough of this old thinking out of the way that we just step right into what he's already doing and there it is. So what we're doing is we have to stop trying to create something and step into something that's already there. And when you do it that way, there's love and there's kindness and the fruit is at work. So what we've been talking about is the nine fruits of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. There's nothing worse than somebody operating in the gifts of the Spirit that have not the fruit of the Spirit. There's nothing worse than somebody trying to prophesy to you or tell you something or, or give you a word to make themselves look better. And, and I believe in all that stuff, but there's nothing worse than those things happening and putting you in a position to where you're uncomfortable. Now, look, here we go. Let's, let's not, I, don't, I don't mind being uncomfortable if it's, if it's God telling me something to get something off of me. All right, I'll go right down here. I don't mind somebody giving me a word that buffets my flesh a little bit that I need to grow up and get over some stuff. I don't mind that kind of uncomfort. I'm talking about somebody who's never encountered Jesus, and when they leave your church so scared they will never come back, how does that show the love of Christ? Now, I'm going to tell you all something. We, we, we had to deal with this early as a church because when we first started, I don't even know if you remember this. When we first started, our church was in 03. And 03 was when The Passion of the Christ came out. Y'all remember that movie? And this was when Jasper actually had a movie theater. Now it's just a parking lot. There was a movie theater there, and we had actually gotten permission to go uh, hand out uh, tracks and put things on the windshields, inviting people to church. And we had uh, a few people visit one Sunday after they'd gone and seen that movie. Well, they'd never been in church a day in their life. Well, that particular Sunday, I had let somebody else preach and I'm not a control freak. I'm, I'm not so insecure as a pastor. I'm not afraid to let somebody else minister. But we let somebody else preach, and they were from an old school mindset of Pentecost, and it became one of those services versus teaching Jesus. And the poor little girl got up out of the back row and ran out, ran to her car in tears. And Donnie, uh, Sherry's in the nursery, I think, but Donnie actually tried to catch her. And um, she probably thought he was like trying to bring her back into the cult. But he was trying to explain to her, this isn't normally who we are. So what I'm saying is I learned a lesson that day because I watched somebody who very easily needed Jesus in their life but missed Jesus because we didn't know how to handle a service. So my goal in this church is to feed you and to lead you always by the word and to Jesus. If it doesn't do those things, I'm not doing my job. So what we have to understand is who the Holy Spirit is. Now go to Genesis chapter 1. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, but let's, let's see some things here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 <clears throat> says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Genesis 1, verse 2. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read Acts 19, 1 and 2. Uh, Acts 19, 1 and 2 while Apollos was at Corinth, this is where we get the book of 1 and 2 Corinthians, Paul took the road 
Paul took the road through the interior that arrived, arrived at Ephesus, which is where we get the book of Ephesians. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered and said, no, we ain't even heard of this thing. So that is still, sadly, where the church is today. But what we don't understand is this. Now, can I get just over into some things I wasn't planning on, but it's not like we're going to stop, so let's go. Predominantly in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you're going to hear the word spirit. In the New Testament, you're going to hear the word ghost, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. That's because there's two different translations, two different languages, two different times. Now, understand this. The English translators and the King James translators used those two words because that was the only word they knew how to describe him. Now, if you really get back into the Aramaic, the, into the Genesis, this word spirit that hovered is, is translated ruach. And you got to say it like you got phlegm in you, ruach. That's funny. If you ever hung out with Hebrew scholars, it's kind of funny to listen to them talk. But this is what it says. Ruach means a wind. He's a wind, a breath of life, a violent exhalation. You ever had the wind knocked out of you? Yeah. And he is a blast of breath. That is what this is saying. When you hear the words Holy Spirit, we, we put something on it that's not supposed to be there. He is the absolute breath of God. See, what you've got to understand is in you, what comes out of you is your voice. What comes out of you is your breath. What comes out of you is who you really are. What comes out of you is the essence of your life. If you all of a sudden didn't have any wind left in a matter of minutes, you would not have any life. What comes out of you is who you are, and that is who the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, the, is the exhale. The Holy, Holy Spirit is the breath of God, and he's never, ever, ever supposed to be looked on as something to be feared. He's only something to be loved and cared about and embraced. And, and, and what we got to understand is if we're going to know who the Holy Spirit is, we have to understand he's a person. He is, he is the personality trait of God. He, he is going to point you to Jesus Every time. Now, <clears throat> I told y'all my story last week. If you were here last week, you heard some of my stories about my first, my first entry into Pentecostal churches and how crazy I thought they were. And, uh, and, and, but there was power there. I don't, I don't want to misrepresent power. But now let's just be honest. If you've been in a Pentecostal church more than twice, there's things that go on in there weirder than a three-eyed cat. Let's just be honest about it. But it doesn't mean that people don't walk out healed. It doesn't mean that there aren't things going on because God will find anything to find a way to get to you. But we have to learn how to do things His way. And when you learn, it, wouldn't it be awesome to learn how to pray and get results every time? Wouldn't it, learn, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to worship and His presence fill the room every time? I've had people say this to me. Actually, recently I've had people say this to me. And they said, well, Pastor, I appreciate all that information, but I, I wish you'd just get anointed enough Anointed enough to have one of them services where people just slammed against the wall. Well, I've been in those services, and I've preached those services, and I think those services are great. But let me just give you a little, little tidbit of information, and this is between us. It's not about me being anointed enough. It's about you being hungry. See, I can come in here and pre preach the best sermon on the planet, but, it, but if you're sitting there clipping your nails, y'all happy this morning, huh? The church is not hungry anymore. 
We, and I ain't talking about us. I'm talking about the church. You can find any church. You can throw a rock in 10 miles of this church. You can find any kind of church that will do it any kind of way you want it done. But are you hungry? See, because what I found is I've, I can have an encounter with the Holy Ghost in my car. I found that when this place is empty, I feel more of him than when it's full. I found that when I'm not focused on ministry and just focused on him, I could see amazing things happen. I, I, I've, I've woken up in my bed and him be so heavy in my life that I, I have to make myself take a breath. And let me tell you something. He is my best friend because he pushes me back to Jesus. Because Jesus is the word made flesh. So his answer is always going to be, what does my word say? Now listen, that doesn't mean he doesn't look at your tears. He, 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 he hates it when you're heartbroken. You got to understand the Holy Spirit's here to minister to you. But he's not here to keep you in such a broken state and just baby you while you're there. The Holy Spirit is anti-socialism. He's going to tell you, I'm sorry, but this is what you got to do to fix it. See, there is such a thing as sweatless victory in faith. By faith you believe, by faith you receive, by faith you walk it out. However, there's still effort. You can't just sit there and say, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it. That's not how this thing works. Well, if God wants me free, he'll set me free. No, God gave you a Bible. God gave you his word. He gave you Jesus to print this out. This is Jesus in a printing word. And, and this gives you every answer you need for every situation. But most people want to pick up the phone and call somebody. And let me just tell you all something. Those people you call that you called with very good intentions to talk about what I need to be do, doing to get free usually end up gossiping with you about your problem. Holy Spirit won't do that. Holy Spirit will not hurt you. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not tell you wrong. He'll not lead you in the wrong direction. He'll not do anything to break your heart. He always brings healing. But let me say some things to you. Have you ever thought about reversing things? See, my brain works in a very weird way. I know most home folk know that, and, and, my, and my, my kids just went, oh, God, what's he about to say? I like to look at things backwards. Like, I think of things like this. What if, what if they played Jaws backwards? Because then it's a movie about a big fish that throws up so many people they built a town. Y'all don't think like that? I think like that. April's like, oh, Lord, where are you going with this? See, now i got plenty of other movies I can talk about, but we ain't going to go there. But see, now it's in there. Y'all going to be thinking. But I like to look at the Bible when the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? I like to think, if God's against me, who can be for me? See, if the Bible talks about how much love he has for me, then I like to look at it from his perspective, wondering how much love we have for him. See, as a dad, I always love for my children to just talk to me for a minute. Just let me know you're doing okay. Just let me know you're breathing. Just, just, you know, I know you don't need me no more until you need something. <laughs> but just let me know you're okay. Do you understand this? If God has a greater capacity to love you, he also has a greater capacity to miss you. See, if you really understood what worship was, 
It's not about how many songs they do or them trying to move you. And No, it's about your heart being hungry for him again. See, you can worship wherever you are. Worship is the expression of the Holy Spirit. Worship is taking you to a place to where your eyes are stayed upon him. You're focused on him because you are the exhale of God. What comes out of you? See, how it's supposed to work is this. Now, I, don't, I didn't plan to go this way, but, but I'm, I'm going to get a little, little deeper theologically. Satan, when he was Lucifer in the kingdom, was the lead worshiper of heaven. Does anybody know that? Like, if it, was, if it went on in heaven, it was him. He was the right-hand man. He was the associate pastor, which usually once caused problems. Anyway, so I'm just playing. So April's not Satan, so, but, but I'm saying if Satan was right here, I don't mean that rude. I apologize. Just saying if, if Satan was right here, I mean, if God was right here and I'm Lucifer, if God wants worship to go through, he would begin to exhale. And it would move through all the horns in Lucifer's body and play beautiful music and all of the heavens would stop in worship. So when Lucifer decided he was going to take over heaven and was cast down, you realize through Jesus you were given that spot. Oh, come on. You were given this spot. That's why he hates you. Because you get to exhale what God's saying. If I could get y'all to understand you looking at God the wrong way. See, we're looking at God like this. We're supposed to be like this and let God speak to us. You are put in a very unique position to talk to God about people and to people about God. And you are trusted with his word. The reason you have an advantage in the Holy Spirit is not to have good church services. It's to have the power of who he is. That when you walk into a room, that even in that room where demonic activity is going on, let me tell you something. When she goes, when, when she first started going in, into the jails, she, she didn't like it. Did that first night? She was so nervous when she left the house, right? I'm being honest. She was like, she wasn't afraid. It was just wasn't what she was ready. She wasn't ready for that. She wasn't used to that. Now she walks in there like a mama. Y'all gonna sit down that right. And you know what they do? They sit down that right. You know why? Is it because she's mean? No, it's because she's full of the Holy Spirit. And, the, and she goes in there ready and prepared. And she's not in there going, oh, God, what do I do? She's in there releasing what he blew through her. Yeah, Come on, are y'all hearing this? So go back to Genesis for me. Go back to Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. He moved. He moved. He was brooding, which means he was looking for a place to move. When Jesus came, the Holy Spirit had, see, the earth can't handle all of them at one time. It can't handle all of God at one time. So when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit went back. Are you okay? So when Jesus gave his life for you, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come brood again. And he comes and he stands over you and he dances over you and he sings over you and he wants you to just say what he's saying. He wants you to just, he'll talk to you. Every single one of you have been in a situation, whether you were a child or older, every single one of you can tell me a story of something happening in your life and you will say these words, something told me. He's always talking. Oh, you just got to learn to listen. But here's what you have to understand. It's not just about him talking to you. It's about him talking through you. 
He's called you to be his voice, his vocal cords. He's called you to be his worship. You know why it's important to God that you worship him? Not because he's a small God and he needs to be built up. No, no, no. Because worship does something on the inside of you. It opens up a part of you you wouldn't open up to anybody else. I can stand right here with hot tears rolling down my face and shouting and jumping. And some of y'all, some of y'all ain't going to move. You're part of the frozen chosen and that's okay. But as long as your heart is open to him and as long as you're hearing, see, we got lost somewhere in church, and we we started thinking if they if this is how we have good hot church, everybody got to act this way. Well, listen, I got ten kids. I got more kids than all y'all. Right here, I'm the winner. I got more kids than all y'all, and I can tell you, every single one of them got different personalities, and all of them gonna act different in the same situation. So, for us to build a church service based on personality traits that we want should be destroyed. And we should build church services based on his personality trait to where people have learned that they, they let worship come through them. And they move to a place that they're hungry for his word, they're hungry for his change. They're, if you can get the heart of the Holy Ghost, if you, he is the only entity on the planet that can change your personality. The only one. You can't. You can't send out some message on Facebook and get 27 likes and you change. It's not going to happen. You can't forward something and expect somebody to forward it and you get a pot of gold. Y'all stop that. Y'all stop that. Jesus, stop that. My favorite, though, is the ministers of the gospel that, that have prayer cloths. And I believe in prayer cloths. And I believe in sowing and reaping. I believe in all that. But, but they'll teach you all this stuff and then call you and beg you for something and tell you they're going under. Where's all this faith at you're on the radio with? See, listen, faith was never designed for you to get. Faith was designed for you to release. And just by how the Bible's written, things come back to you. But that should have never been the focus. The focus should have been getting out See, people tell me all the time, you because know, I, I don't mind sharing my business with you. We, we run this church. April and, I, April and I don't take a salary. We, we have the Becoming Center, the men's home. We don't take a salary. We want to, but we don't because it's just not there. But that's not why we do what we do. We do what we do because the Lord said do it, and I've learned this, that if I get the word out, he gets the money in. I've learned that even though it looks tight, as long as I'm doing what he's asked me to do, I have the right to turn to him and say, you got bills, homie. These are yours, not mine. You asked me to do this. If I ask Caleb to go to Brown's and get some milk, because let me tell you something, we go through some milk at the Bailey house. If I send him to go get some milk, you know what his first question is going to be? How am I paying? Well, you know, which is translated, I ain't paying for it. <laughs> right? So there's things God wants from you that he's already putting you to pay for it with. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your heart. You pay. Listen, I want you to make sure you're hearing what I'm saying. You pay with your worship. That is not a financial transaction. That's you giving back. Not because he needs it, but you need it. The Holy Spirit needs you to be his lips, his tongue, his vocal cords, and his breath. This, this, this doesn't mean having a Holy Ghost fit in the altar. I'm not saying those things don't happen because they do. But I'm talking about less in here and more out there. That when you walk through the aisles of Walmart, there can be miracles in the green bean section. And that's the call on all of your lives. 
This is not about pulpit ministry. This is not about just building a building around yourself and giving people to show up and give an offering every week. This is about being available. The Holy Spirit has called you to be the carrier of his breath. Are y'all with me? Let me try to give you something else. Go with me to the book of John. Chapter 6, verse 63. John chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, wind is unseen. Anybody seen wind? I remember Billy Graham used to preach, nobody's ever seen wind, but they've seen the effects of the wind. But wind is something else. Wind is powerful. Let me tell you about wind. I grew up on Dolphin Island, so uh, it's really amazing to sit on the beach, especially in the Gulf. Now, Florida is one thing because it's so clear. But on Dolphin Island, that's, that's where you see fronts and, like, you see hurricanes and tropical storms. You can actually see the forest. It's really strange. But now wind will do things. So when you see a tropical storm and a hurricane, you see the shelf. You see it coming. You see these things. But wind, you don't see. We're, uh, we're on Dolphin Island. It's the first time we ever went. Uh, I, I, you were younger because Paige didn't want to go because this house is on stilts and you feel the house move, which, by the way, I love because it rocks me to sleep. But <laughs> this is, y'all, this is a true story. We were there, and we had gotten, and, and you know, self, everybody had a cell phone. It ain't been that long ago, you know. Everybody still had a cell phone, but it's, it's been a few years so we got in the house, and all our kids were there, and it was just me and April and all the kids, and it was, it was Thanksgiving time because we always try to go around Thanksgiving. And April said, okay, everybody turn their cell phones off. You remember that? She boxed them up. Nobody had their cell phones. Now, this, I mean, everybody wasn't living on Facebook and stuff like, then, like they are now, but there was still a lot of social media then. So April rounds up cell phones. Ain't nobody got their cell phone. Nobody's allowed to have their cell phone. They're in the car. So we've been there. We had that place rented for what, seven days? I think we're on our third day. We were on the third, fourth day. Nobody's got their cell phones. Now, you got to understand, somebody that loves aviation and things like I do, I stay on top of the weather. I don't have my phone, so I don't, have, I don't, I don't know what's up with the weather. We don't turn the TV on because we're on vacation. And the phone in the house rings. And the phone in the house ain't supposed to ring. So I, I'm in the bedroom, and, and I hear April going, Ma'am, I just don't think you understand. We got this thing for seven days. She's giving this woman, I mean, she's giving her fits. And I walk in there, and I'm like, what is going on? And April drops the phone to her shoulder and goes, she's telling us we got to go. And I'm like, and I grew up here. So I'm like, give me the phone. So I got the phone, and it was the poor real estate lady trying to tell us, hey, y'all about to die. And what she, but she didn't tell April that. She just said, y'all got to go. You got you to get off the island. She didn't say there was evacuation. So in 12 hours, it went from them out in the sun making sandcastles to them calling April saying, y'all got to go, right? It happened that fast because of wind. And that is the word for the Holy Spirit. Changed an entire community in 12 hours. Now, you ain't never seen 10 kids and two adults run around and pack a 12-passenger van so fast. Now, the water was, we're in a 12-passenger van, and the water was at the door when we were leaving. That's how fast it came in. And they're all freaking out, like, Dad, are we going to make it? And I'm like, yeah, we're all fine. Don't worry about it. Because, I, I mean, it's, I was used to it. But 
the way April, she was standing up for what was hers, right? Was she wrong to do that? No. She just, there was just misinformation. Do you know how often you stand up for what you think is yours and the Holy Spirit is trying to talk you out of getting in trouble? Wind's trying to get you off the island, but you want to stay there and be isolated. I learned a long time ago, those who think they're my friends ain't my friends. The Holy Spirit's my friend. When you understand what power really is, you understand that power is not explosive. Power is very calm. You watch people walk through buildings that own the place. You don't see them freaking out. You know why? Because they go get into a boardroom somewhere and say, okay, A, B, C, and D, you need to go fix that. That's power. We think power is wee-wee. That's what we think power is. That's our bodies reacting to power. That's what we think power. Power is life-changing. Power motivates 12 people to pack a van. It took us an hour and a half to pack at home, to pack in about seven and a half minutes and get off the island. That's what power does. So this is what I want you to understand. To flow in power has nothing to do with church. Everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Because what, we, what I want you to see is this. It is the Spirit that quickens the flesh I love that scripture. Leave it up there. It's the, it's the spirit that quickens the flesh. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Listen to what he's saying. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word, now listen. I'm fixing to make some things real, real, real clear. If somebody comes up to you and says, the Lord told me to tell you something, and they ain't no spirit, and they ain't no life, you all right. Just keep on going. Because what happens is God will speak something to us, and we'll go tell somebody, but we'll put a whole lot of us in it. You know, somebody will say, listen, you need to go tell Tyler to stop wearing that brown shirt. Now, that's between him and God. I don't know what it is God got against Brown, but he don't like that shirt. But if I come say, God told me to tell you Brown's evil, and, and you just don't need to be wearing Brown because it reminds him of satanic movement. And see, I start putting the things that I think I know. You would be surprised at the amount of people in church that do that when God was just trying to tell him something. Now, well, Pastor, God ain't going to talk to you about your Brown shirt. He talked to me about my socks. He'll talk to you about everything you will let him talk to you about. Now, let me explain something to you. Because I am a parent, I can say this. I look at my kids with love and kindness and care, and I want them to do well. But I also see that dumb look that comes over their face whenever they just don't want to, won't, don't want to hear a thing I'm saying. You know, they just glaze over like. You know why? Because they think they know. And about a month later, they come back going, how did you do it, Dad? Because I, and I tried to save them, but they had to figure it out for themselves. Do you know that's not a spiritual law? It's not a spiritual law that sometimes you just got to do it the hard way. That's ignorance of the law. That's ignorance of how God does things. 
He wants to talk to you about every single thing in your life. Now, he's not going to, let me explain something to you. God has sent Jesus to carry your judgment to the cross. So when God is talking to you about things in your life, he wants you to clean up. He's not talking to you from judgment. He's talking to you from grace. He wants to want you to know that this, I, I'm not throwing you in hell. I'm not throwing you to the side. I'm not judging you. I am saying to you these things, though. This, if not cleaned up, will pull you back because he loves you. See, what you have to understand and this about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is here to give you an advantage through love because the fruit of Let's, matter of fact, let's just go back to that scripture. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 22. Galatians 5 and 22. I showed you all this last week, but you have to find an older King James, not the newer prints, but an older print. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, greatness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, meekness, all these things. But in an older printed version, before they changed some of the punctuation, this is what it said. Go back. Juan, you're trying to hang with me. I appreciate it. But the, spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, semicolon, which means that everything else, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, keep going, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. If you're in love, all of these things will apply. See, you have to stop. This is what we do. Well, that's a big list. Let me just work on one thing. No, no, no. He made it easy for you. Love, colon, Everything is, that's why nothing, that's why there's no law against it because there's no law against love. I cannot tell you how easy he's made this Christian walk and how hard you've made it for him. He's made it easy because we're human. We try to make it so hard. Well, I got to be perfect. No, you don't. You got to accept that he was perfect and begin to take on his personality traits one at a time and let the Holy Spirit change your heart. My, my spiritual dad, Matt Gober, and this, I'm, I'm going to try to come in for a landing, I promise. My spiritual dad, Matt Gober, if you've never read the book Unchained, you need to read that book. Because he tells, uh, it's a magnificent story of grace. Because what he says is this. See, when I got saved, I told you all the story last week. When I got saved after all that, I don't have time to rehash it. But I had a supernatural encounter with God, and I was completely delivered from drugs and alcohol and all those things and just woke up one, I got up out of the floor, and boom, I'm I'm different. Mac, on the other hand, and most people have this slow conversion. And Mac got saved, and he thought every church was the same. And so he just went to the closest church to him, Little Methodist Church right down the road. And he got in there, got involved. Now, he's a big biker dude, you know, no teeth. Ain't got no teeth in the front because he got knocked out in a fight. And he would be in the bar on Saturday night and just leave the bar go to church on Sunday. He didn't know. He didn't know. And these people were all scared of him, so they didn't talk to him. So he would go and, and, and sit on a bar stool and start talking to a guy. And, they, you know, they in there drinking. Max in there drinking with him. Ain't nobody told him he ain't supposed to be drinking. He's in there drinking with him. Hey, I'm going to church. You want to go with me? And he starts witnessing to the guy. They're both drunk. The guy's crying, so he drags him to church. And then he would hear messages on what didn't need to be in his life. Then he would go pray and begin to make the changes according to what the Word says, not to what people said. And he completely changed his life. Went home and threw his girlfriend out because somebody preached on fornication. Threw her out. Girl, I ain't going to hell for you. 
threw her out. Would get people saved at a bar at 2 in the morning, drag them home, knock on the preacher's door at 2 in the morning. And say, I got another one. <laughs> Just got another one. He filled an entire church up with people from the bar down the street. Had a single-handedly one person caused a revival in a church because he listened to the Holy Spirit, not people. Which started a ministry that's gone on now, and he's in heaven now, but the ministry goes forward. And there's men sprinkled all throughout this building that that ministry has touched and changed their life because somebody listened to the Holy Ghost. So can we please, as a church, not get so small-minded that, that we think the Holy Spirit is a service for 10, 10 minutes, but that he's talking to you every day of your life? And that he wants to see you become everything he's called you to be. And he's put everything inside of you to do that. Now, when you hear these words, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, you need to think the breath of God. It's the breath that he wants to go through you. And it's the breath that he wants to use you to change lives with. It's the breath that he'll use to change your own life. It's the word. You will, let me tell you something. You will know things that you ain't smart enough to know. Mark Hankins says it this way. I love the way he says it. If you'll just listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look smart. Or you could follow the Dean Sykes model and say, keep talking and prove stupid's a real word. That's up to us. It's up to us. But I, I want you to know this. Now, I, 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 I want to I just really, really settle in on this right here. If you're going to say you heard God, nobody should tell you differently, but make sure you heard God. Amen? Because the truth is, praise him, come on up. The truth is, when you hear God, you hear him. That's all right. You can sit down. I saw you a little nervous. You're okay. You're fine. I know they're moving, but, but right here. When I stand in a classroom at Canaan Land, and when I, when I talk to the Becoming Center guys, when I, I tell my story in different churches, and when I come here and I preach, I want you all to understand something about me as your pastor. What lights my fire, and I mean what fires me up, is not the volume that you have when you shout. It's not how many people we get to lay hands on. It's what fires me up is when I get to show you Romans 8 and 1. When I get to show you Romans 8 and 1 and show you where the very first sentence says this, put it up there, Juan, right here. There is therefore now no condemnation. The original text, there's a period there. There is therefore now. See, what fires me up is to know that the Holy Spirit's telling you there ain't no condemnation. Come to Jesus. He carried your condemnation to the cross. But because your condemnation now can't speak to you, now I can. If I can get your condemnation to be quiet in your brain and my voice to be bigger, your life can completely change. See, you have to understand, when people give a message in tongues and there's interpretation, is that real? Yes. Yes, it is. When people lay hands on people and they fall out under the power, is that real? Yes, all of that's real. When people, I've seen legs fall. I've seen, I've seen legs pop out. I've seen tumors fall off people's bodies. I've seen amazing things. But what I know is this, none of those things matter if love's not involved. 
None of those things matter if we're not hearing him completely. None of those things matter if his voice isn't louder because then it becomes about us and our show. And I don't care how anointed you are, if you don't love people, it don't matter. Y'all stand to your feet with me. Just bow your heads all across this place. We cry worthy. Come on, just sing that, church. We cry worthy, we cry worthy is the Lamb of God. Ah, we bless you, Jesus. We cry worthy. Come on, just worship where you are. We're not trying to build it up. Just worship. Let his breath go through you. We cry worthy is the Lamb of God. We cry worthy. We bless you, Jesus.